On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Happening, everybody. Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, and make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right uh, right now. And uh, we got lots of hockey to get to today. Hockey, 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 hockey. Matt here in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Rob is out in Canada. What are you saying today, man? I'm reeling. I'm reeling to be honest with you, Matt. It's uh, gorgeous weather. Beautiful weekend. Uh, very productive on my end. Uh, cut the grass for the first time. It's always interesting to see if the mower will fire up mm-hmm. first time of the year. I got the pool open, running, green as shit, but whatever. I haven't been in it uh, yet. Uh, no, and it's still about 55 degrees, which is a little cooler than I might like. Sure. So today is more of a, Sunday is usually a casual day, but I like to make sure all the beds have new sheets, you know, yada, yada. I walk into the room grab something. I turn around fully expecting the door to be wide open like it was when I walked in. Smash face first into a half open door. <laughs> like honestly, not like a glancing blow. Right. Like just off the nose inside the, the my right eyebrow. I had to take a knee, man. I was <laughs> rattled. Honestly, Reeling, man, as it, you said. Yeah, and so it's one of those, I don't mind, I don't mind a shot to the head is actually probably where I prefer most things that are going to hit me. If they can hit me in the head, no problems, but keep away from the money, the face. That's that's what I got to so say. Did you did you nudge it on the way by? Just a little breeze going through the house? Somebody set you up? What's... Yeah, well, that, this is actually what I went in. I went in to make sure windows in the front were open, windows in the back are open, right? right. And so, yeah, as I turned, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Bang! Oh, hey. <laughs> Not loving that. Not loving that at all. So, yeah. A uh, little chippy, feeling a little edgy today, Matt. Okay. How about you? Uh, better than that. Haven't taken any serious head blows today. 
just sort of been puttering away on some stuff in the studio. I've had some baseball on. I've had some hockey on. Um, you know, just uh, on one of the many screens in here while I've been working away and pretty leisurely, man. It's a Sunday, right? Yeah, it's. I get it. I yeah. get it. Totally. What are you drinking today? I've doubled back to Brock Street for a little West Coast Red IPA. Oh, that's Coming, intriguing. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, it, I've already cracked it, and I've taken the first pull, and usually with your West Coast IPA, right, it's, it's a little bitter, mm-hmm. a little more bitter than your, in your East Coast. And I'm not really getting a pile of, you know, uh, another is that piney sort of taste, but it is, it is there. Um, not bad. Okay. It's, it's a little, it's a little more drinkable than I usually find on a West coast. Are you IPA. getting the red thing from it much? Yeah. Well, see the red usually is just, a, is a little more malty, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, not, not initially. And I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that's kind of mellowing it out a bit. Cause I, I do expect that, you know, my West coast IPAs to be a little more hoppy, a little more punch, got a little more punch in the face ability, which just what you need today. Yeah, clearly, clearly, uh, I, some have said I have that. Hit me again, <laughs> Alice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, Ike, and this time put some stank on it. Um, yeah, so, so far, smooth, really. It comes in at about 6.5. So uh, um, I'm going to use the second one to put on my face while uh, <laughs> Bring the swelling well, you, down. Well, you crack. What you got? What do you got over there, Matt? This is, uh, this is new. I'm very, I'm curious but what's about to happen here? This is from the Muskoka Brewing Company, and it is called the Muskoka Mimosa. And Mimosa. Uh, yeah. Again, easy like Sunday morning, right, man? I just uh, It's a champagne and orange juice, is it not? Yeah. So um, I'd had this, I don't know, got it earlier in the week, and uh, this is a Sunday beer, right? This is something that, uh, now, we're recording fairly late in the day for a mimosa, but, uh, Never. that's what I thought. Well, this was going to be a Sunday beer. So it says, um, that, uh, it's a sparkling ale with citrus and an effervescent finish. So I'm very okay. curious, man. Uh, they're painting a hell of a picture here and, and, uh, I'm very curious to see what that's all about. Effervescence, read bubbly <laughs> or carbonated, right? So I'm really thinking that you're going to maybe take down a little something, maybe a little sharp, Right. One yep. of those, yeah, very, very citrusy. Okay, how do you feel about that? Uh, they sold it right up front, right? You knew what you were getting into. Um, so no criticism about it. It's not necessarily something that I would look for too often. But in terms of what they're uh, what they're promising here, yeah, this is about right. This is about what you'd expect, I think. So not bad, man. It's interesting. That's what I'm going to call this. This is fascinating. Okay. <laughs> interesting, yeah. right? It's like the Chinese proverb, may you live in interesting times. Oof. Yeah. Did that ever come true? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And you think, yeah, interesting. I like interesting, Could but we interesting. dial her back about 20% on the interesting <laughs> yeah. times. Yes. Yeah. I got the fishing rod out and I'm reeling in the interesting right now. Can you just, can you simmer down? Right. Um, not sure if it uh, occurred to you. Honestly, kind of snuck up on me, but uh, for the good listener, maybe, who might be interested as well. Uh, on Saturday, sixth anniversary of the Talk and Audio podcast. So went back and uh, just uh, recorded a little solo show, 
the origins of the thing, early days, you know, some of the the twists and turns and guests we've had and <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, just as something, you know, with uh, when I realized kind of on Friday afternoon, like I said, it, it snuck right up on me that uh, it was going to be Saturday. And uh, given that we can't go anywhere, can't do anything, well, I'm going to go in Friday evening, sit down and tell the good listener a little story. So that's uh, episode 828. If you want to go back and uh, do a little, uh, I was calling it self-indulgent navel gazing. Um, just to look back on six years of TCA, man. And navel gazing is usually post-masturbation. I think that's usually how that goes. All right. <laughs> I can't tell you what went on here before the uh, recording session. Yeah. That's what that's put you in a nice, easy mood. Yep. It's true, man. So uh, there's six years. Um, if you want to check that out, episode 828. And I should also let the good listener know that uh, I think we're going to drop it for you on Tuesday morning. Justin Howell, defensive back from the Ottawa Red Blacks, will be on the uh, on the podcast. And we're still kind of in the middle of this. You know, the, the league put out a, yeah, we got a return to play plan and it's August 5th. And then the couple of governments are like, yeah, I don't think so, man. So... Um, we're kind of in this will we, won't we thing on another CFL season. And uh, I have interacted a few times with Justin on Twitter. Seems like a good guy and uh, comes highly recommended by our friend Chris Hoffley. So uh, Justin Howell will be on the podcast this week to talk a little football. You got to ask him if he ever go if he ever gets Thurston or Lovey as a handle. It'll be. I'll put it on the list of questions, but it's going to be low. It's going to be low. <laughs> no, to me, to me, that's an icebreaker question, man. Off the top. <laughs> so look for that probably Tuesday morning with uh, that'll be Justin Howell from your Ottawa Red Blacks. So that should be good as well, man. What what else has gone on this week, man? Anything else been been new in Rob's world that we should know about? I am um, no short of what I've already given you. <laughs> the cracked uh, skull working. Uh, I've now I've now been informed by the Ministry of Labor that must wear a mask at work at all times. I'm um, surprised that wasn't the case already. Yeah, well, see, there's we're in a workplace we're in a workplace that normally has forty plus people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been running at about twelve to fourteen, maybe fifteen or sixteen on on big days. Lots of space, right? <laughs> um, anywhere, so I don't have anybody sitting within. I don't know, 20 feet of me. Hmm. Um, no fans allowed, no nothing. So all that, if, as soon as I move away from my immediate workstation, I have to have a mask on, right? Okay. Right. So that that's always been the way, right? So just at my desk where I'm doing my work, where there's nobody around, um, no mask. But yeah, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now going mask, full on mask for <laughs> seven and a half hours of the day. And it's... Um, Wearing on you? Well, and, and again, first world problems, right? Sure. I, I know our... Um, it's not an Amazon ho- warehouse or something. Right. Or And I'm even thinking of our hospital workers, yeah. right? Who And I'm, I'm feeling it behind the ears, right? The pull and that you just... <laughs> where it's it's okay to, you know, if you're doing it for a half an hour or so. You can't or loop it around a couple, a couple curls or something that you got going on. <laughs> right up on the man bun, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, go, oh, I, was taking some, uh, I was taking some shots today. And I get it. Hey, man, I totally get it. Um, <laughs> But somebody was saying, oh, with your hair down, you look like Jesus. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> if Jesus had big arms, right? Oh, and, God. <laughs> get out of here with the Jesus talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, you're right. I could see what I could do if I could, if I could weave it in amongst the hair. 
But that being said, mm-hmm. um, yes, the other thing, Matt, is uh, I've got my Willy Wonka golden ticket. I am. I got my first. I got my vaccination appointment. Hey, June 9th, I'm in to get the jab. Bam. Rolling so, on, eh? Just yep, uh, well, working their way through. Seems to be certain areas are getting ahead of each other. You're seeing like pop-up clinics now. They're just like, whatever, 18 plus, come on down. You're just like, yeah. I mean, some cities are like, no, it's still 40 or it's still whatever. It's kind of, yeah, it's getting hard to keep track of a little bit. I went in on the, I think it was the 13th. So a month out, right? From the date that I, and the first thing I pulled up was the 7th. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, they were like, bling, 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 bling. The appointments were going. It's like, like Ticketmaster. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're like, all right, I got those 100 level on the floor. No, first level. No, ah, I'm up in the fucking nosebleeds now. Yeah. I would have liked it. Yeah. I would like mine sooner to be honest with you, I but think, um, I think everybody's feeling that way. Right. So yeah, no, of course, of course. And and so, um, but yeah, do my, do my bit. Right. And I will continue to wear my mask. Unlike all those fucking ass clowns on bank street yesterday. Oh, and in Toronto too, there were kind of, I think there was a few of them going on just, I can't think it, just the stupidest shit. The, the things that you're doing to protest this stuff are only making this take longer, right? Longer. Like, <laughs> well, and the chance of freedom, yes, freedom from oppression. And you're like, Oh my, Oh my Lord. There was a reporter here in Ottawa. I think from CTV, I can't remember exactly, but those saying, you know, they're marching down bank street, of course, maskless and and asking store owners if they could use the bathroom. And of course, like t- put a mask on, you can come in and use it. And this is what I'm talking about. You're encroaching on my freedoms. Like, fuck you, you idiot. <laughs> right? Like, oh, yeah, you're free to do whatever you want out there. Yeah. But not in here. It's true, man. Yeah, I just, and that's what I, I had said. You know, I hope somebody goes out there and just, just, you know, your Royal rumble style, start <laughs> laying into people, wading in and just dropping, dropping the haymakers. Cause yeah, well, and, and again, I am fine with your freedom of expression and speech and whatever else. Follow, follow the bylaws, follow the rules. Will you follow wear a mask? Logic. Yeah, and and yeah, and so <laughs> it's but it's mad. lost on them. Fifteen months in, sixteen yeah. months in, whatever we are. If and you know, unlike before, you can actually sort of see light at the end of the yeah. tunnel. Yeah, like this is it, and you know, with the vaccination numbers, and you know, with the decreasing numbers in society, you can see in the decreasing numbers in the ICUs, you see these things happening, right? Mm-hmm. Put them together and go, okay, yeah, it sucks. But the idea that they were ever going to stop the lockdown before the May twenty fourth weekend was insane. Yeah, right. You know, like if you, we've been through Easter, we've been through Christmas. People don't do what they're told. No. Halloween, Thanksgiving, we've been rolling on through all. Why these. give them? Why give them the opportunity? So, I get it. it. It sucks, and it sucks more for other people than than it does for me. I I I have, I have skated pretty well on this whole thing, and I understand that everybody, whether you're a business owner, whether you're, you know, employed in the service industry, all these things, man, you want things to return, and yeah. we all do. But the reality is. Just give them the two more weeks. Well, nobody says you have to love it, right? Like to this day, I still, I don't know what it is. I hate wearing my mask. I am that person that as soon as the door closes back in my, it's ripped off like with authority, man. I hate it, but I get it. 
right? Like yeah. you just do it. We all have to do it. No one's asking you to love it. No one's asking you to think it. A half of the frustration, and I feel for like your small business owners and stuff, is because this is supposed to come with like, hey, we lock it down and then it comes with some support for your small business owners so that they aren't going to go under and, and we've just had no interest in doing that second part. Um, so I get the frustration, but yeah, man, it's just so counterintuitive the way people have chosen to go about protesting this and, and just stretching it right out. But, but I have, I have zero time, uh, people who want to, who want to protest, um, yeah, do it in, in ways that you can. Make yourself known. Sure. It, the anti-mask yeah. parties and mask burning things, that's just, I don't, I have zero time for that, man. Yep. Zero time. Like, uh, I'm going to, South Branch, the restaurant in Kempville, mm. they, they have posted on Facebook a bunch of times how hard this is for a small business. I get it. Yep. I get it. And they're a restaurant bar. And they're saying most restaurant bars are, are 90 days from bankruptcy. Like this is a super fine line. Yep. And I get it. I I feel you. And this is your life earnings and everything is invested in this. And I, I can only, I can't even imagine really nope. what that's like and how much that would suck. But to, to, to host a mask burning party, I got zero time. Nope. I got zero time for that. And you lose my sympathy. Right, so Wellington Diner has been very, very boisterous about this as well throughout, just ripping governments and taking pictures. And remember when, like, all very sarcastic, very snarky. Remember when we were allowed to make a living and have people in our? I'm like, all right, like, and the Wellington Diner is one of these like beloved, yeah, local establishments. And over the course of this pandemic, their social media presence has been like just toxic as hell. And you're kind of going, I'm sure there is an audience for this but I can only imagine how many people you're turning off at the same time. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, we got lots to get to. We wanted to talk a little bit about some of the, uh, I don't know. There's a few things here as it pertains to goaltending around the Stanley cup playoffs, but let's start. Did you have any, well, Steve Dangle put it best on Twitter about, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, 15 minutes into the game one of Boston, Washington he goes, all right, everybody, Hands up if you're just learning that Craig Anderson plays for the Washington Capitals right now. Um, called on out of nowhere, man. 39 years old. I believe he had sort of signed as their third goalie at the beginning of... I think that they've had yep. a hell of a time keeping Ilya Samsonov healthy and out of protocol and whatever else is going on. Did you have a chance to watch any of the game? And and did you know Craig Anderson or had that slipped your mind that he was, uh, he was maybe the yeah. next man up? No, I absolutely knew that. Um, now, I, I wasn't sure what was happening with Samsonov, right? Like, yeah. to me, that was that was the... Um, but yeah, I, I did know that he he got into three games this year. Yeah. Uh, surely, you know, mostly because I'm a, I'm a Craig Anderson guy. I'm a big... He's a, he, was, he was excellent for us. He was quite <laughs> often the... I should mention his wife, uh, Nicole is on Twitter quite often. She's got her own kind of social media presence. She was one of the first replies to dangle with the, the emoji with her hand up. So just having a little fun with it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's where he is tonight. So. I, I knew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he, uh, I'm, I'm this actually in a series that I sort of was a little ambivalent about. Um, yeah, I want to see. I want to see Craig do well, and I want to see Craig see if the, he can parlay this into 
um, a backup job somewhere next year because he really he's eight wins shy of the 300 regular season wins. Yeah, friend and of I the show, I, Graham Creech was talking about that on Twitter last night. That you know, I yeah, anything to get one more year, right? Try and get to that mark. Yeah. So for all that Andy did here, um, yeah, I, I love it. I, I I hope I hope he does well, and um, you know, I hope he gets all stretched out so he doesn't incur the wrath of Kelly Rudy. Right? <laughs> what a weird for those who missed it. Kelly Rudy went off on how irresponsible it was for Vanacek to pull his groin essentially right like yeah um you got hurt in the first meeting. well you should be stretching eight nine ten times a day make sure that happened and the craziest part to me was that you know now you've put Craig Anderson in this situation you're like Craig Anderson signed to be a backup you know half the job is coming in cold I can't imagine that was a concern for him as much as it was for Kelly Rudy, right? Like that's the job he signed up for. And if he's not worried about it, I don't know why Kelly Rudy or the rest of us should be worried about it. And man, it seemed weird to be going in so hard on this kid for getting hurt in the first period. And he was giving them both barrels too. Yeah. Um, Usually usually those goalie guys are the apologists. Yeah. No, stick together, man. It's part of the union. Um, so uh, did you get a chance, I guess, to get, uh, it sounds like you were probably knocked out or concussed or whatever, to get a look at any of the Pittsburgh um, Islanders game today? Uh, large portions, Matt, actually. Yeah. Uh, the, the TV is up and going downstairs. So I was flipping back and forth between um, the Jays game and the, uh, and yeah, that the, the Penns Islanders game that went overtime. I'm loving the Penguins, the yellow jerseys with the black and yeah. uh like to me, those I, I don't love the yellow helmets with them, <laughs> but the jerseys themselves, super sweet. Well, I was yeah, mad when I, I saw the Vegas game fire up that they're not wearing the gold helmets. You cowards! Like carry that right into the playoffs. That's super <laughs> ugly. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Um. So yeah, I I did I did watch it, and and I'd be interested to see what your take is on that on that OT goal by Paul Mary. Well, I th- I mean it's got nothing to do with the on ice thing. I love the. To me, that was a passive-aggressive slap in the face to Lou Lamorello. Two goals today. I'm not doing shit for your team till I'm allowed to grow my beard again. And once the playoffs started, Lou allows the beards back in. So I think that's all that was. Dead weight well, for the rest of the regular season and then fire it up in the playoffs. Yeah, see, and, and really when it comes down to it, I look around and I look at all the ex-senators that are are littered throughout the the 16 teams that are, on, that are in the... Uh, mm-hmm that are in the playoffs. And so um, also a huge soft spot for JG Pajot, who had three points today, you know, a goal and two assists. Yep. Uh, he and Paul Mary are playing together. I think at least That's they right. were today. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I got it. I watched it and, and uh, man, that short side goal, you see that so often now, right? I, I just, I, I'm not sure where it's become, you know, so acceptable to, to have what, the, <laughs> what they used to call the AHL side, right? And right. you're like, that's because if you let those in routinely, you're an AHL goalie. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think, I think the, we can debate it, right? It's up by the ear hole. It's, it's, it was a nice goal, but man, Jari, the, the, the four goals he let, I'm not sure, you know, the first three were all from distance. Yeah, it and, wasn't a great showing. So... The only reason I brought that game up, and I wanted, wondered if you wanted to add it to the mix, and presumably Varlamov will be back, but Sorokin got the start for the Islanders and kind of joins this list of, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm going to let you kind of take it, but there is a, 
you know, a, a pronounced difference in, I don't even know if you'd want to say quality, but just maybe expected goalies to be starting all these playoff games that looks a little bit different than maybe it did at the beginning of the season or what people would have predicted. Well, yeah, I, I when I was looking around at all the, all the sort of, you know, the, the, the matchups and whatever else and the, and the goalies and some of the surprise teams are not surprise teams, but yeah, who the goalies were in some of these situations, right? And some of them have had, uh, air quotes, unexpected good seasons, <laughs> I, I would go as far as to say. And and you look at guys like, um, and I, I just caught most of the first period before we came on air, and we, I know it was 0-0. Mm-hmm. You got Cam Talbot in in Minnesota who's, like quietly, I'm going to be honest with you, prior to today, I had not seen one minute of Minnesota <laughs> Wild hockey this year, right? Yeah. Not only have I not seen a pile of, you know, the other three divisions, I've seen a lot of the East, but man, the Wild just do not make it on my radar ever. And and you look at it and go, oh, look at Cam Talbot, right? He's pretty nice little season. For sure, right? And you sort of go, that's one of those things. You look at, at you know, the 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 controversy that's going to happen here in Toronto, right? When, or not, right, Matt, in terms of Campbell. um, We can put that to bed. Keith said today, Campbell starts. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he fits, he fits this conversation (laughs) in in terms of a guy who, when you started the season, you went, yeah, we're going to roll into the playoffs and it's going to be Freddie. Right. For sure. And then in, in Montreal and you go, Carey Price, for sure. And you go, oh, but, Jake Allen's had the better season, right? Well, even as far as Mark Andre Fleury down in Vegas, right? Like you would have sterling said, numbers. If you have you looked at his numbers, yeah, he's killing it again. And actually, today, uh, as of today's start, he is the first goalie in NHL history to start a game in fifteen consecutive playoff years, which seems yeah. fucking wild, man. But everyone assumed he was going to be backing up Leonard. They were looking to get rid of him last off for nothing. Yeah, if you could have just. Just Honestly, take we, the salary, if have, please. If we could have given them a second round pick instead of for Stepan, <laughs> he could have been here. And we could have done without all the, the, the five, meltdowns. six, seven goalies you went through. Well, and, and I, you know what? The three through seven, I'm happiest with. Right. It was the first two, <laughs> the ones who started out as one and two on the depth chart, shot the bed. Right. Like letting, forget about, you know, AHL side. Or the East Coast side, we're talking Junior B side on some of those goals, right? I don't even know where my net is. Right. I need to be. I need to be tethered to the post because I have no idea. So, anyways, yes. But Flurry, you know, and, and he's. Well, what interested. did you think in Edmonton? Mike Smith versus Koskinen. I think I at the start both- of the year, it looked like they wanted to go with Koskinen, and Smith just kept taking the net, right? Like, yeah. Well, he was hurt a bit, I think, at the yeah, very he beginning. Was. Yeah. Um, and when he came back, all he did was win. Yep. Right. Like at one point he was like 16, two and two. Right. And, um, yeah, no, he absolutely fits that bill as well. And, 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 and I thought there, I just thought their goaltending sucked. Right. And, but his numbers, he's got like a nine twenty three, and a, oh, like yeah. a, like, like a, like a two twenty yep. goals against like his numbers are. Would you know? I even have to sort of go. All right, look at that guy. Now, I'm not sure I feel great about him in the playoffs, but all he's done is proved me wrong all season, <laughs> which is, you know, just one of many things, really, to be honest with you. But 
Well, I'm going to keep pushing these around. What about going at, I, I'm shocked, man. To me, the Panthers tonight will start their third best goalie. With, uh, they announced Bob is going to start, right? Goalie Bob. And okay. Chris Dreger has been the best guy for almost the entire year. And Spencer Knight didn't look too bad when he got in there. He's clearly their future, right? So I'm not even sure he's lost the game yet. Right. So I don't know what the thought process was there either, man. But there are some fascinating stories around the creases across the NHL. Well, and and I look at guys like, and, and we can just throw it out there now, but later in his career, Fleury, is Fleury best when he's, when it's like found money good? You know what I mean? Right. As opposed to, you know, when he has somebody else pressing him, like you look at him um, in a couple runs late in his Pittsburgh career, mm-hmm. right? You just sort of go, you look at Jake Allen, the same thing. You know, if, if Price is healthy, Allen seems to play better than when right. Price goes down and Allen is is the is the guy, right? He sort of becomes, oh, now I got to carry the ball? Hmm. A lot of pressure there. Yeah, yeah. and so, but yeah, the, I was I was amazed by the whole, by the whole goalie situation as it, as it works its way around the NHL in terms of the number of guys who may have been deemed backups at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Who will be playing, who will have high hopes resting on their shoulders? Oh, we just named like six at least. Out of the, like, right. Would have been well, unpredictable. I, I don't know what they're going to do in Carolina. Like who's going to be starting out of that? Uh, Nijelkovic. Sure. No, I'm, yeah, I'm just. Well, I'm might like, be. Like, like who what, knows? I, what, and who's coaching? Who knows? <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where yeah, and we we talked about Anderson earlier, right? And yep. uh, you're you're really the scoop is now going to the quite low yep right to, to get to that and would you be surprised if it was Allen and and Campbell on Thursday um not shocked but the the reporters of you know that are covering the Habs are all saying yep. like price is looking really good in practice and you know they they assume he's going to search so I mean I won't be shocked I guess but I, I would be surprised all signs point to price coming back in so I assume that's what's going to happen, but I don't think they'll be shy to go to Allen if it doesn't go well. Right. And I, I am, I look at the, as, as a reasonably impartial bystander and viewer in this, mm-hmm. in this leave, in this leaves Habs thing, I am uber sick of hearing about price bubble, right? Like I, bubble, bubble price. price. Yeah. Yeah. And saying, yeah, that they're counting, virtually counting on him. Yeah, we had that big long break, and then he came back and he he stonewalled the the Penguins in the bubble last year. Yep, we're gonna see that. That's gonna happen. In, uh, yeah, to me, it's a lot like counting on winning the lottery. It well, might. Would you be surprised to learn going into that? Because I'm I'm with you. I I think it's, and I'm I don't know where. So many people got the idea and it, a lot of people talked like this with Freddie too, and all kinds of guys over the years, being off injured is not the same as resting. Like it's work yeah. to get back. You're not having a great time with it. It's you're rusty when you do finally, it's not a vacation if you're sitting in a dark room because you've had your bell rung and you've got, you know, concussed yeah. like price was or whatever. So first of all, I don't buy into that. It's been a nice relaxing kind of vacation for him. Yeah. But going into the, or coming out of the bubble last year, you know, I've, I've ridden price as hard as anybody saying he's not that guy anymore. Um, but his playoff save percentage 
since 2014, which is kind of the last time that everyone agreed, like coming out of that Olympics, like the best goalie in the world, every time they have made the playoffs, which is, you know, I think it's been four or five times since 2014, his playoff uh, save percentage has gotten higher every single time since then leading into last year's 935 or whatever the hell it was in the bubble. So, and, and what do you think that, what, what do you think? I don't is? know. Do you, I don't know if there's anything to be read in. I, I do know the, the talk of, you know, money goalies, right. That t- know how to turn it on at the right time. And that maybe don't, you know, play quite as well in the regular season. I, I don't know if I read anything into it. It could be a coincidence, but it, it does scare me a little bit. Like well, <laughs> so and, you guys and, about to face him. And and what do you just if I can if you will allow me mm-hmm. a small tangent? What do you think is going to be? And there's there's a method to my madness here. What do you think is the bigger story here in that Montreal Toronto series? Is it going to be the Habs' inability to score, or is it going to be when refing turns to playoff hockey and their larger? less mobile defense is allowed to sort of water ski or do shit that's not allowed in the regular season, but it's clearly allowed in the spring and it does this benefit price. Oh man, we saw that even last night in that Boston Washington game, the shit that guys were getting away with, right? We were definitely into playoff mode. So which, which of those two storylines then do you think play the larger part? they're, They're both on the table, but when you said, do you mean that Montreal can't score or that Toronto can't score on price? Oh no, that, that I'm talking about Montreal's inability yeah, to okay. score or, or the, the, or the, the or playoff the reffing. reffing. Look, Which of those will be the bigger two story? Uh, I think probably Montreal's lack of offense. And I want to talk to you about Caulfield here in a second, because so far it looks like he's not going to play. Um, and, and that could be an interesting storyline if they're looking for offense, but I don't look this, this Montreal team is more physical than Toronto for sure, but they're not what we've seen out of the Bruins twice, right? Like they're not that team. They don't have, um, you know, the skill to back it up. They don't have that playoff experience that tells you this is the line you absolutely can march right up to. Um, I can tell you what is on my mind that might be a big, you know, that's tied to it is while Montreal tries to find that line and they cross it a couple times early, you need to have that power play working. And the Leafs power play has been awful for the better part of two months now. Anyway, to me, that's going to be a huge part of it. While they're trying to rough you up, you need to be able to capitalize. And right now there's clearly not a lot of confidence in the fan base or frankly in those guys when they go out for a power play. I just... I think the Leafs have come within a period twice of beating playoff Bruins. Um, This Canadians team to me isn't on that same big, mean playoff physical level that those Bruins teams were. No, no, I I don't disagree with you. I, I think in a lot of ways, I'm not sure those Bruins were big and physical either. Well, not to, they're not like the, the old, you know, seventies or whatever yeah, Bruins, Boston, Boston garden Bruins, but, but even like Weber isn't Chara, right. And they don't have to me. Gallagher isn't Marchand and you know, like there's, there's less of that kind of shit that, well, not only is Gallagher not Marchand, you know, he's, he's a, a, a pale version of it. <laughs> uh, still good. Of course. Like I, yeah. I, I, but 
he's also coming off of, a, I don't know if it's a wrist or a hand, Some whatever kind of his hand thing. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that doesn't bode well. Although where he is, he just shovels most shit in. It's not like, <laughs> uh, so he's not, it's not like he's going to be snapping off any 30 foot game winners. So um, he's deflecting stuff and, and really being a general nuisance. So that may not greatly impact his game, but I really, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if, if we can see the, the, bxa trident make its reappearance here and yes. and uh and and if that yeah that defense is allowed to just clutch a bit more mm-hmm. hold a little longer right and, and we know that's coming yeah that is coming for sure and the one thing i would say i think based on merit right when you look at the guys who should be in the lineup and you know the now that the cap's out the window, we seem to suddenly have 15 healthy forwards who all look... Yeah, it's fun, funny how that works. <laughs> for sure. On merit, Wayne Simmons is a guy that I would probably be taking out of the lineup, but you know they brought him specifically for this Thursday, right? That is the time when they believed he would be at his most useful or valuable. So he's not going to be coming out of the lineup. So you have that. I, I do think... Um, Zach Bogosian has been better all year than I ever expected he would be. He's not a killer, but he's fine, like as a third pair defenseman. I think you're going to miss that for a couple of games here until he's back and and ready, right? Like you wouldn't have minded having a little bit more of that yourself now that you have it on your roster, right? It, um, you know, Dermot's yeah. playing over on that right side. That's not really his game. So, but let's 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 make let's make no bones about this here. The the Leafs are better up front. Yes. Uh, the Leafs are better on defense. Like yep. to me, the the addition of Brody, despite that first game against Ottawa when he took a dash four, right, and you went, this this looks great for non-Leaf fans." Uh, but all he's done really is, to me, he's been the the linchpin in the. In he's that, been fantastic for us all year. Solidified the whole thing, right? Yep. And, and I even if you look at Chicago, won won the cup with with Keith Seabrook and Jarmelson, right? And and, and then a, a clutch of other guys, yep. right? Those three that the Leafs have at the top, and you can throw in Hall with with Muzzin or whatever that looks like in terms yep. of, like, to me, that is that is no longer the glaring, oh, my God, what are you going to do defensively? No. Like, so Leafs are better on D. The, the, the goaltending is really the question, right? And, yep. and I like the idea, Johnny, come lately here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Campbell, maybe he's not going to be outstanding no. but you know if you can just save the ones that you're supposed to just like give me sort of 915 goaltending he, right you and, just need him to be league average that's all you're right. asking him to be and this is it yeah and i and i think and 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 really at this point when you look at um you know the, them talking about he's never played a playoff game nope. or started a playoff game i'm not sure what the stat is there but the guy is a the guy's a high caliber goalie right yep he, he's played in World Juniors. He's played in Memorial Cups, and I know those are a long time ago. But goalies, goalies are slower too. Well, and it's it's only a thing until it's not a thing, right? And I'm not suggesting it's going to be the the exact same path or whatever. But Bennington had never played a playoff game till he right. did, right? Correct. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh well, that's out of the way, and off you go. So he's just got to be okay. I do want to ask you because the reports coming out of Montreal seem to indicate that neither. Cole Caulfield or Jesperi Kutkanyemi will be in the game one lineup. Now, there's gamesmanship, right? Maybe you don't show the lineups and there's still four days till game one, so maybe things change. But are you surprised by the fact that neither of those guys look like they're going to draw in? 
I'm I'm not well, I'm not surprised by Kakanyemi really if they're gonna if they're looking at Jake Evans has been the better mm-hmm. uh, sort of depth center right yep. he, he does he does a lot of things well clearly they're gonna put Stall in in front of Kakanyemi if that's the deal right if that is what they're he had a goal and an assist in his first game for the Habs and nothing since yeah. Eric Stall <laughs> and again yeah this and well and and, and it looks like he's skating with bricks in his pants. Like, yep. he just looks super slow. But he's playing, um, it looks like right now what they're showing at practice is him to full, or um, him, Corey Perry, and Josh Anderson. What? That's going to be their, I guess, third or fourth line. I don't know how you want to well, measure them up. but Josh Anderson has been outstanding this year. I'm not sure why you put well, that. He's in. been ice cold too, man. He's got like two points in his last 15, 20 games. And I know come playoffs, that's the kind of guy everybody says you need and he may come to life. I do expect him, whether he's scoring or not, to be just a royal pain in the ass. Um, but he hasn't been that good down the stretch either. Right. But a big body, yep. he skates well. Like he does a bunch of things. He skates well for his size, right? And, yep. and so to me, if nothing else... You allow him to be on a line with guys who can who can do something, who can finish off loose pucks that are rattled free, right? With, yeah. with him, um, Perry has exceeded my expectations. He's been better, yeah. And, but uh, and yeah, then it looks wow. like the third line will be Byron, um, Evans, and Lekkinen, and as sort yeah. of a secondary checking line. Yeah, the Dano line will be the one that goes head to head with the. Uh, with Matthews there, with Gallagher and I forget. Then it was Suzuki to Foley and whatever. Uh, well, it's, it's it's traditionally it's it's uh, Gallagher, Dano and Tatar. That's right. Is, that's is your, usually what. That's right. And so that's the line they like to put out with to because Dano was great on on the on the draw. Yeah. Right. And, and they look at, at puck possession, but. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Nick Suzuki to me is 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 the guy. I like him a lot, but. If you listen to any Montreal radio, and I, I, I occasionally dip sure, in, especially yeah. especially when shit's gone bad, I like to, I, I like to, I, there, so I, I, I like to check in to see other people do really, you know, eat themselves, right? Sure, eat eat their own. Um, which just to double back quickly, you and Michaela were talking about who you root for. I am absolutely if my team's not playing, I am first and foremost cheering against other teams. <laughs> Right, like it's not even close. Yeah. Right, that is. I hope for bad things to happen. So you would have preferred to see the Leafs and Habs not play each other, so you could root against both of them. Scoreboard to fall, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. fair enough. <laughs> this is the kind of thing tragedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is. I am so hard on that bandwagon. <laughs> right, in terms of spite after, watching. Yeah, this is it, man. This is it. Right, I have my team, and then I have. Right, I used to have a shirt that said Syracuse is my favorite team, and on the back it said or anybody who's playing Georgetown. Right, right. So to me, this is very much I'm in I'm in the vein of, you know, Ottawa's my favorite team, or anybody who's playing Toronto. And right, and you flip it inside out, or anybody who's playing Montreal. Right, it's just <laughs> it's, and then you sort of you need a shirt for each day of the week, and you go, I am not getting on any other Canadian team's bandwagon, short of maybe Winnipeg. Right. That, that's it, right? But nobody else in this country, other than that, I, I'm I'm sort of solidly on whatever else is going on. But I yeah. wonder if it just to bring us bring us back around. Um, That's why you get the big money, Matt. Sure. Early on, they had been running Cole Caulfield, and I think Tatar was hurt for a little bit. I could be wrong. Yes, he that. was. 
they were putting Caulfield with Deneau because they could trust Deneau to take care of him, right? When he made mistakes, Deneau is very good in his own end. He can clean up a lot of mistakes and a lot of messes that someone else might make out there. But you don't want Caulfield with Deneau playing against the Matthews line. So that changes Ooh, no. your your whole dilemma or your whole dynamic there a little bit. Now you got to find somewhere else for him to go. But if the whole storyline is that they're worried about how much they can score, yeah. it's a hard... Now, so far, he's really only shown that he can score at three on three, um, yeah. which is... Or on a power play. <laughs> can you score with five people on the ice? <laughs> right. That's the key. So I, I was... I wouldn't say, like, I'm not surprised at all, but it won't shock me at all if they're down a game or two and it really is a problem and they're not scoring. It won't surprise me if you see him pretty quick get dropped into the, the lineup. Yeah. See, Ducharme, don't overthink it, right? Like, what? You have some of some guys d- deeper in the lineup that are, are that good, and we've already talked about, right? Stall for yeah, me. he's clearly going for, with experience, right? And right, and and we all we've seen that we see all we saw it here in Ottawa in the regular season. That does not always pay dividends, right? Um, but yeah, I'm putting the guy in the lineup if for no other reason than if I can in spot him in a in a an offensive zone face off, if I can put him on the power play. He's a young guy. If he gets ten minutes, he gets ten minutes, right? Right, and, and so as you have pointed out already. Offensively challenged, do it, man. Like they are the, I, I believe they and the Blues are the lowest scoring right. playoff teams, right? Co- coincidentally, both the only two teams that have a negative goals for and against, right? <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they don't score easily, right? And uh, coincidentally allow a lot of goals. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I start Cole Caulfield yeah. every time. And I think the, the method or the thought with, Kotkaniemi was, you know, the game's in Toronto. Um, yep. Keefe has done nothing to get Matthews away from Deneau. He's fine with that. Like he, and as main, a big part of that is he also really trusts Matthews and Marner defensively, right? So you're, he's fine with, you know, going against offensive guys from Montreal there too. Then they've kind of got this third line that they're going to trust defensively. And I think you're going to see that go against Suzuki quite a bit. And then suddenly you're left with every time the Kotkaniemi line comes out, it's against Tavares and Nylander. And, but I mean, they're kind of in that situation no matter what. This is the whole thing, right? The Leafs are the better team. The Leafs are the yeah. deeper team. And when Toronto's at home, that's the way Keefe has used that Tavares-Nylander line a lot down the stretch is, you know, use Matthews against their top line, whatever you want to do. Throw a third line out to to go against their second line and then put Tavares and Nylander against the the fresh meat, right? And just see if you can handle this and most teams yeah. haven't been able to. So see when you have, when you have, you know, Matthews and Marner kind of talent, you don't worry about whoever else. Like when you, when you become a top five player in the league, yeah. like Matthews has, yeah. you don't worry about your Phil the of, of, of the league. Good player, sure. uh, good defensive player. Like mm-hmm. as I pointed out before, good on draws and all that stuff. But yeah, Matthews has, has shown that he has more than, capable of going head to head with that. Yeah. I'm talking about that. This is where, because it is in Toronto, I am saying, yeah, you put Caulfield out on a Toronto icing call. You put him out in, when you have an offensive draw in, in, you know, sure. W- going up against not the Matthews line is, is for sure how I would go with that. No, and or I, on I, the, I just, 
That's why I moved it on to Kotkaniemi, right? Is is he, as a center, going to get buried by Tavares, I think is what they were worried about. And that's maybe why Stahl got the nod there. Yeah, well, and and I'm not sure. Then you put him on the wing, right? I think yeah. as a young guy, I think that, I think the way they're handling him now and the beatdown he is absolutely getting. Yeah. Like he's got to have no confidence at this point. Zero. Yeah. Zero. And then and then you tell him he's not going to dress. He's played he's played almost three full seasons yep. in the NHL. Yep. And now you're going to say you're going to be you're going to be scratched. Put him on the wing, man, or or, or something. There's got to be. It's it's to me it's 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 ridiculous, and you're damaging it. You're damaging a prospect, right? For sure. What have you made of Taylor Hall's reemergence in Boston? Uh, sorry, if there's any Sabres fans listening. Um, it's there was a lot of numbers stuff at play there. He suddenly went from shooting like he was shooting like two percent, which would be a career low uh, in Buffalo, to shooting twenty percent, which is well above his career high. Once he got to Boston, some might want to suggest that once you start trying, maybe your luck turns a little bit, but sometimes it, you are just kind of in a slump and the numbers start to turn for you and you go, he has looked like a different reinvigorated player, um, in Boston for the Bruins. Has he, well, to some extent he surely has, but has he saved his next free agent contract from, you know, being probably maybe sub five, it was looking like there for a while. What do you think this has done for him? Yeah, I, I've been blown away by it, right? And we talked about when he left, when he left <clears throat> Buffalo and he had two goals, yeah. 17 assists in 36 games. And in his 16 games in Boston, he's got eight goals right. and six assists, right? 14 points in 16 games. Um, but if you look at this, this is a guy who played in a shitty situation in Edmonton. This isn't a shot at any Oilers fans or Oilers. That was that was a train wreck when they had all those young guys in the lineup, right? And he had some nice, like a 30-goal season there. They traded him on to New Jersey, who has been wandering about in the wilderness, right? Sort of doing whatever. They made the playoffs. They looked really good in his MVP season. Well, he carried season. them into the playoffs, yeah. Right, well, and being 25 points or something like that, more than his than yes. the next guy on the team. Um but then they then they remembered, hey, we're the devils. Yeah, right. <laughs> we suck. Right. And and then we're back. And then he's been on to Arizona. And we all know that is that is the wilderness that you know yep. they, the devils have been wandering around in. Goes to Buffalo, shit show, shit show. Um, he's never played anywhere good or with anybody with experienced players. And I think you look at him now, and 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 I've been hard on the guy in the past two seasons, saying I would never take that guy. Mm -hmm. I would, uh, to me, he's not a guy I would want as a finishing piece on a. Um, and and I think the return, I think Adams got fleeced a bit, right? Yep. When oh, yeah. when when all you get back is Bjork and and a second, which is going to be yeah, like Icelandic pop star. What are you even supposed to do with that, right? Yeah, where's your swan dress? <laughs> she not getting into the lineup anytime <laughs> soon, man. <laughs> and, and, and you sort of go. Man, that pick is going to be like 55th. Yeah. This is what I get for Taylor Hall. Yeah, cuz he's got two goals. I get it, but that is a fleecing and well, and, and, and it and, also and sounds like he had said that's one of only like two or three places I'm willing to go, which you know, pretty makes it pretty hard to make a deal. I have a used Reggie Lemlin jersey. Are you interested <laughs> in that? Um it's it comes down to and I uh, Bruce Cassidy was on Ottawa Radio on Friday morning, I think, of last week. Mm -hmm. 
and they asked him about uh, about Taylor Hall. And they said, "What what's what's that been like?" And he said, "He said, man, he's, he's been awesome. Really, he said he, he's a guy who has." He said, "We you could tell when he came here, he had zero confidence, right? right? Like, I got the Buffalo fever, and it's 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 just lingering. I'm in that Buffalo stance." Yeah, exactly. Nina Cherry, Matt. Yeah. Love it. Um, but yeah, that he said, you know, just come, you, you know, we, we have the Pasternak line. You don't have to be the guy here. Just do your thing. And he said, yeah, the goals have been nice, you know. He said, but the way he backtracks, he said he's probably had at least one takeaway or or broken up a, a, a key play every game. He said he's just been a nice subtle addition and a pile to to sort of rejuvenate or bring his you know his his next contract will it be eight or eight plus ah i don't think so man i'm not paying him that but what would you give him um i'll give him his i'll give him his edmonton money (laughs) well so he signed as you said for in buffalo for eight and you know he's it he sort of looks like now he refound it maybe in Boston. And it sounds like he wants to stay in Boston. So, you know, you're probably going to have to, you know, make that work a little bit. But would you give him seven? Would you give him five? Well, see, yeah. Well, see, and I don't have, I don't have the, uh, the Bruins cap friendly up here, but they are Rask is, a, is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. And they're I getting believe, ready I, to age out with a few guys, right? I Krejci believe Krejci is also, and DeBrusque, I believe, is, is, a, is an RFA, but so. I think you will look at, at at money available, and he is he's said since he got there. Yeah, this is the place, man. Yeah, you know, Taylor uh, Taylor versus Tyler, right? <laughs> and 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 Sagan went to the Bruins, and he's saying, you know, really maybe this is where I should have been all along. And it's hokey and whatever else, but whatever, right? He's got some ties. I think they can make it work, and he may take less money. If he if he's enjoyed it and clearly he's found himself a nice comfortable spot in in Boston, but um, yeah, I, I think he, I think you'd see that guy six point five seven to stay. Right. Yeah, I could see that. And you know the whole it's hard to make these sort of predictions because the whole cap right now is just you know we'll see. There's still right. the cap's not going up. There's still no money in the system. You know what's what's everybody got to spend and willing to spend. So we'll see. Uh, and when I, I just a second. And when I said Edmonton money, I was talking about that. I think he was six times six in Edmonton, right? That was, hmm. yeah, six no, million. Is, no it, recollection it, of of his Edmonton Oilers salary. Well, I, but to me, they were all they were all there, right? Right. Whether it was Nugent Hopkins, whether it was they just sort of paid all these guys out of their entry level. Anyways, that's what I was referring to. All right. Um. The last thing we wanted to hit on before we get out of here was uh, apparently you had some some sends end of the year thoughts, man, as to what this team has maybe shown you over the course of this season. Well, really, it was just um, we would be remiss if we didn't at least would acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge the end of the season, right of 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 the team and. Well, I don't think they are like we talked about. You and I have talked in the past about, um, you know, this or the sort of late season fool's gold, right? Yep. Um, Which I don't see. I I certainly don't see them as a team that finished eight two and one, right? That is not what this team is. 
right? That is how they finished down the stretch against yeah. some teams that needed wins, but there was a pile of shit in the North where people were backing into the playoffs and, you know, couldn't tie their own shoes or if they did, they were tying them together. <laughs> like just some crazy shit. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of questions, right? And if you recall dialing this back to the preseason when you said, where do you expect this team to finish? And I said, yeah, not in the bottom five, right? That that was all I looked for was them to finish, you know, somewhere between 20 and 24, which I think is where they're going to fit, right? We'll see what happens with the, the last couple of games with Vancouver and Calgary. And I would really look for them depending on, you know, there's a lot of variables in terms of, of what's going to happen next year. But I, I would certainly look for them next year to sort of sit down kind of where they finished the last three months of the season, right? Which is sort of in that 15 to 18, 20, maybe 15 to 20 range, right? I, I think they're going to be better. I'm not so you've sure. You've got them pushing for a playoff spot. I absolutely have them pushing for a playoff spot. If they can get any kind of goaltending, I I see that. Right. But there's also a pile of shit that can happen. Right. We've all seen it. You know, there's a bunch of, of rookies on this lineup. You know, you hit you hit a sophomore slump. You don't get good goaltending. Um, yeah. And this team is 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 no better than they are right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I've been I've been content with how things have finished. I, I have not been happy with you hear a lot of. You know, this was the plan. We followed the plan that we had set out. And you're like, I think that's a crock of bullshit, right? I think you went with this older lineup and it didn't work. And there was a shit ton of pressure. Yeah, at the very beginning, you got Anisimov playing higher in the lineup. You got Derek Stepan in the lineup. You got Josh Brown playing way more minutes than you should. You've got Eric Goodbranson taking up a spot. Braden Colburn. Braden Colburn is in the way for an Eric Brandstrom or whatever. They they yep. wanted to play with way more veterans to try and support these kids, and it turned out to be just a disaster. Yeah. And so to me, you can talk about how that sort of worked out and you know, we gradually phased in the young guys and, and things worked out. And you're like, yeah, bullshit. Right? You had to trade off Seti Paquette because he wasn't any good here and he didn't want to be here. Right. You you signed Galchenyuk, right? So you had to wave Ballsers because you signed him and then got rid of him too, mm-hmm. right? It's it's step on who would still be playing but got hurt, right? Like these are the you backed into this plan and it worked in a lot of ways, but it worked kind of it's a lot, like a lot of Pierce trades. Yeah, dumb luck. I think is what we <laughs> is what is what we keep hearing, right? And you're yeah. like, "Oh, look at that." Panned that out. worked. Yeah. yeah. And we had, and, and you can stand up and say, yeah, it worked all the way along. Um, this team is under a pile of pressure. And I think Graham Nichols said it best. I think when he was on last time, he talked about um, the fine job and, and the, and the many pats in the back this team gets in terms of the amateur drafting and scouting. Um, but perhaps this, this isn't the management for the pro Right. For the pro side, for right? The turnaround. The understanding and assessing of, of of pro talent and where people are at, right? And I think the track record, in my opinion, is poor. And a couple of things have worked out, right? Like the idea that Zabanajad is in the is in the, with the Rangers and lighten it up. And they go, 
yeah, well, okay, but we got Bernard Docker and Gustafson for him. Yeah, okay. But that that is the kind of dumb luck that you go, we hope those two pan out and Bernard Docker becomes a top four defenseman and maybe Gus is your is your starting goalie down the road. Right. Then then you go, yeah, all right. But just as, as often as, as not, those types of deals fall apart. And like you say, you sort of back into it, right? For sure. And yeah. so that's one of those things where you're like, woo, maybe that this paid works, off. But right. who knows? And if you look at if you look at what they've got for, you know, getting rid of Duchesne and Duzingle and and Mark Stone, right? Those mm-hmm. are the things at this point they're clinging to Mark Stone, who is captaining a Vegas Golden Knights team that is is looking really good. You got Brandstrom and Sokolov. That's what you've got for this, right? And Sokolov looks really good in his rookie AHL season, but that's all it is, right? And Brandstrom has been. And you did your best to not use Brandstrom (laughs) to stunt his development. And and to me, you have you have pushed him into the top four, and you've paired him with Zub, who nice signing. I would like to have seen them give him one more year, right? They've re-signed him. Um, and all all he's done is made everybody he plays with better, right? We talked about Mike Riley, who transitioned right into, you know, playing for the Bruins. Playing pretty well for Boston. Were, right. you, were you surprised, um, maybe the last thing on this, when, when Dorian said, and I was surprised to see it this soon, that Stutzla is going to be a very good winger for a long time. And it seems like they've decided or shut the door on the idea already of him being a center. Were you surprised to hear them say it? And do you agree with them? Yeah, see, and they're basing that on 12 minutes of third period center action in a nine, four loss to the Oilers, right. right? This is the only time in game action you've seen him as a center. Um, so I don't agree with it. I think it's, I think it's sort of premature. Now the flip side to that is, if that if if you're making this move because you don't want to stifle him with the center's defensive responsibilities and you just want to let him grow into a dynamic scoring winger, right? And maybe you've seen more out of Norris than you expected to, or Pinto. Sure, yeah. Yep. And, and that's a very short sample size. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it yeah, it is. does. It, it, for sure, it is. The whole there's a lot going on in Ottawa where you have high caliber blue chip prospects that have have sort of met in, in a lot of situations, you know, expectations. Yep. But that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be any, any, you know, sophomore backsliding. No, of course you got to expect at least one or two of these guys may struggle next year. Somebody always does, right? Like For sure. Well, yeah. and there's so many of them. Yes, that's right? what I'm saying. The it, it, odds it, it, would suggest they're not all having career years again. Right. right. And, and so it, it comes down to you look at the um, the acquisitions that we didn't like, which, re- which really we've named off and they uh, they were head scratchers. Yeah. You And then you turn around and look at at the ones that I certainly did like, the, the Dadnov signing. You go three years at five mil. Looked Man. good at the time. Yeah, has not paid off at all, right? In terms of of what that that guy, you expose him and you hope that he that somebody takes him. Yeah. The Murray thing. I liked I liked the acquisition. Um, you and I both felt like it was too much money. Yeah. Liked the trade, um, didn't like the contract. Right. And then you go, yeesh. Man, he not only has he not met the contract, he's he's not met. Why, in, in in many cases, a, 
an entry level contract. Right. So um, it, it's been a it's been a mixed bag year, and I think everybody should just temper expectations, right? For those who feel like, you know, you said it, you saw somewhere on Twitter somebody saying, oh, "I like, I, I think this team could be competitive against any team in the North in the in the playoffs," and you're like, "Ah, simmer down, everybody, just." <laughs> simmer down right it's it's I, I would expect them to push for a playoff spot i would be very content if they finished in that 16 to 20 spot mm-hmm. and didn't make it but they but they showed if if nothing more than consistency off this really nice second half or a slight improvement right push for a playoff spot and then look for the next season to try and to try and make a little hay right Probably as good a spot as any to wind this one down. Um, make sure you hang around on Tuesday morning. Like I said, Justin Howell from the Ottawa Red Blacks will be on the podcast. We'll have lots more to come as the uh, the playoffs move on. All kinds of stuff going on, man. It's busy times, good times. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. And we will catch you all on the next one. See ya. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.